You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I want to welcome you to Christian Ministries Church. This is Wednesday Night Church. Wow. Six weeks ago, I didn't even know what social distancing was. And now this is our Wednesday Night Church. Boy, I can tell you right now, this will rob you of your joy. Well, hold on. Just to be fair, no school has not robbed our grandchildren of their joy. I'm telling you, they are living their best life. A five-month summer vacation, uh, life couldn't be better for them. But for moms who never wanted to homeschool, for those of us who eat out every single meal, for those who like to travel, for those who have lost their job and their income, this is a really tough time on us walking in joy. It's necessary for us to talk about where our joy comes from, especially in a time like this. You know, I'm often reminded over these last few weeks and months of Psalm 16, verse 11, In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Right now, in this time we're in, we're finding out where our joy really comes from. Looking to the Bible for our direction in life, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Christians in Philippi sharing the secret of joy. And in four chapters of Philippians, we read the word joy 19 times in just four short chapters. You know, given where we all are right now, I can't think of a better four-week study than the four chapters of Philippians. The reason this study in Philippians is so vital for us is Paul doesn't write it while he's on vacation in a five-star resort. You clearly don't have to be in a five-star resort to walk in joy. Philippians was written to us as Christians on how to live in joy in whatever circumstance we're in. He writes this from prison, from a Roman prison, chained to a wall. He's facing being beheaded or he's facing being burned upside down alive on a cross. You know, this is a level of social distancing that Paul was in that we hadn't even thought about experiencing. Just imagine being locked in a prison cell right now. Oh, it's terrible. We've been locked in our homes. Paul was locked in a prison cell, chained to a wall, and what am I looking at? In this time of danger, in this time of worry, in this time of fear, I mean, Paul's thinking, will I die? Will my death be slow and painful? Paul is in prison. He's thinking about what's going to happen to my tent-making business. You know, I'm not open. I've been shut down now for all of this time. Will I ever be able to get it open again? Facing all the things that the Apostle Paul was facing, here he is overflowing with joy and writing to the church on how to live in joy. I don't believe there's anything better that in the time that we're in right now than we could do to study the book of Philippians. The next four weeks, I look forward to this study in Paul's letter uh, to the church at Philippi with you. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. I'm looking forward to getting started. The entire message of Philippians is how to live, regardless of your circumstances, a life filled with joy. Now, the key we're going to see is you do not look at Jesus through your circumstances. The key is look at your circumstances through Jesus. 
And that's a huge difference. You know, so many of us, so many of us are totally controlled by our circumstances. And then through that, we look to Jesus as we are in the middle of our circumstances. You know, that's why Christians walk in worry. That's why too many Christians walk in depression and in fear. This is why Christians don't live in joy. You know, we've got to look at life and see our life through Jesus. One more time, we don't look at Jesus through our circumstances. We look at our circumstances through Jesus. And that's a huge key to living life, especially where we are right now. Here's Paul, chained, imprisoned, facing a horrible death. And in verse 13 of chapter 1, we see his outlook. Paul does not see himself as a prisoner of Rome. This is very interesting. Verse 13 of chapter 1, we don't see Paul saying, Oh, the Romans finally got me. They're going to kill me. Woe is me. No, no, no. Look at verse 13 in chapter 1. He is a prisoner of Christ. He never mentions being a prisoner of Rome. He is a prisoner of Christ. You know, our life is directed by the Lord and not by our circumstances and our situations. The Romans thought they had Paul, but Paul thinks he's got them. He's looking at, hey, these jailers in here are a captive audience to me. They can't go anywhere and they got to listen to what I have to say. What a perfect scenario. I mean, it's amazing. The Romans thought they had Paul, and here's Paul thinking, now I've got them right where I want them. See, Paul is full of joy because of how he sees life. Your life is in God's hands. And when you see your life in God's hands, it changes your whole outlook. Paul is not seeing Jesus through his circumstances. He is seeing his circumstances through Jesus. All translations are a little bit different, but the New Living Translation, Christ is named 21 times in chapter 1 of Philippians. The gospel or the good news is mentioned six times in chapter 1 of Philippians. Chapter 121, it says, For me to live is Christ and to die is even better. Boy, that is a life that can be lived full of joy. It doesn't make any difference what happens to me. I win either way. If I die, I win. If I stay alive, I win. Boy, that is a place of freedom and a place you can walk in joy. Paul saw himself as a slave of Christ. When you see, now get this, when you see I am not my own, I'm bought with a price, it changes everything for you. We hear people say, I felt like it. Well, what does that mean? You're a slave to your feelings. I hear people say, well, I was mad, so I just quit. Okay, that means you're a slave to your anger. Well, I wanted to. Okay, that means you are a slave. You're being controlled by your own fleshly desires. See, Paul saw himself as a slave to Christ. I'm not controlled by my anger. I'm not controlled by worry. I'm not controlled by fear. I am a slave to Christ. Okay, let's get started. How do we live in joy? Let's read. We'll begin in verse 3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. 
For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard of it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Verse 7. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you in the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteousness character produced in your life by Christ Jesus. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Now here's Paul, in prison, awaiting trial, and he's thinking about others. Now I want you to see this. He is thinking about these people in the church at Philippi, and that is what brings him great joy while he is there in prison. Now, let's just stop and think about this. He's remembering his time in Philippi. He's remembering the people there. Do you think those people there were perfect? Do you think Paul was in a perfect set of circumstances when he was there in Philippi? Oh, it was just such great, and I remember such great things about you. When I think about you, it brings me great joy. Okay, what happened while he was there? Well, we can read Acts chapter 16 of some of the things that did happen to Paul while he was at Philippi. First of all, he was illegally arrested there. He He was beaten there. He was placed in stocks while he was there. He was totally humiliated before the people. And he never mentions any of these things. He remembers that a jailer found Christ while he was there in Philippi. He doesn't remember any of those things that happened to him. Paul never mentions, all oh, those jerks at Philippi, they illegally arrested me. I can't believe the way they treated me. He never mentions any of that. He remembers Lydia and her whole household getting saved. He remembers a poor slave girl. It was demon-possessed, and she was delivered. He remembers other Christians and their encounter with God. You know, when you are in your time at Philippi, how do you remember it? I was lied about. I was falsely accused. I was beaten. How do you remember past times in your life? You know, this is a game changer as we see this. I'm just going to ask you, how are you looking at this past month as we have been in prison in our homes? Are you dwelling on all the good that is happening? All the things that you're getting done in your home? Are you talking about all the things that positive happened for you? Or are you talking about how horrible it was, how miserable it's been, how we may never get out of this, how we may never get our economy back going again? I want Just look at these verses that we just read. Verse 3 through 6, look in your Bibles. Paul has others in mind. Verse 7 through 8, he has others in his heart. And then in verse 9 through 11, he has others in his prayer. This is how you live in joy. Here's Paul locked in prison in Rome, and he's remembering the people at Philippi. He's thinking about somebody else rather than himself. He's thinking about what happened in their lives rather than what's happening in his life. You know, Paul is in prison and he can't live his normal life. We've been in our homes 
locked in and, and we can't live our normal lives, we're going to have to get our minds off of ourselves. You have to get your mind off of yourself and your business and your money and your future and your family and what's happening to you. We've got to get our minds on other people. Let's read on. Verse 12. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. I mean, everybody, all the palace guards, everybody here knows about Christ. Instead of Paul seeing himself a prisoner, locked up, can't go outside, I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing, I can't fulfill God's call on my life, I'm like, he saw this opening up new areas of ministry. I mean, are you kidding me? Everybody here in the jail knows about Christ. Even the Christians here have been strengthened in confidence. You're locked up in your home right now. I mean, you never wanted to homeschool. Some of you are homeschooling right now. That ain't nothing you ever wanted to do. You're locked in. You can't go to your job. That's not anything you ever wanted to do. Good grief. How long has it been since you've gotten to go out to eat and go to a restaurant? Life is just terrible. Oh, my goodness. I can't go shopping. Hold on just a minute. Let me digress from the text. Everything that's happening here is not bad. The fact that my wife can't go shopping, wow. I'm in financial pretty good shape. Okay, back to our text. We can't do a lot of things, and we can sit around and bemoan, I can't do this and I can't do that. Paul never mentions that. Here he is talking, saying, man, folks here in prison are getting saved. Those that are believers around here, they're getting built in confidence. Paul gave himself to his imprisonment. Paul gave himself to the jailer getting saved. Paul gave himself to where he was. I want to ask you, church, give yourself to homeschooling. It's not what you wanted to do. It's not what you wish you were doing right now. I'm sure Paul wishes he wasn't in jail right now, but that's where he was. So he gave himself to where he was, and great things begin to happen. Moms, give yourself to homeschooling right now. All of the family, let's give ourselves to cleaning the house. Give ourselves to some reading and some studying. Turn the TV off and let's read. Let's do some studying. Give yourself to your yard. Make your yard a beautiful place for your neighbors to enjoy as they drive by. Boy, my wife has had me out in the yard. Our yard has never looked any prettier than it looks right now. Now, There's some positive things happening by the fact that we are locked in our homes. Come on, give yourself to where you are. This is vital to us living in joy. The Apostle Paul was locked in prison, but he gave himself to where he was. Let's read on verse 15. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. When they preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my change more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So in that, I rejoice. And I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Christ Jesus helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. 
you know, I, I got to be honest with you, it's difficult sometimes for me, especially now. I'm not a TV watcher, but I'm watching a lot of churches. I'm watching preachers on TV more than I usually do. And, and it's tough to see preachers who, who are not preaching the truth of the gospel, who clearly are doing it for selfish gain, and all they think about is taking up an offering. All they want to do is extract money from people. And, and you know, it's a little bit difficult to listen to those. The Apostle Paul was dealing with that right here, and he said, Look, maybe they've got selfish motives. I don't know, but here's what I do. I rejoice in that Christ is being lifted up that Christ Jesus is being talked about regardless of their motives. Paul lived in joy because he found something good in every situation. He refused to think bad about the situation. He refused to think bad about people. He found something positive to think about even when the situation was not good. Verse 20, let's read on. For I fully expect and I hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For me to live means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do no more fruitful work for Christ, so I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what He is doing through me. Wow, there's so much, there is just so much here. So much, so much here. Expect, hope, I trust. Living or dying, either way, I win. Look at Paul's attitude and keep reminding yourself this was his attitude in prison as he uses the words expect, hope, trust. Living or dying, either way, I win. You know, it's hard to get mad at people and and rake somebody over and over and jump on somebody when the only reason you're alive is to be a blessing to other people. You know, it's hard to jump on somebody when your whole desire is to be a blessing to other people. Life lived, others driven. Life lived by what you're doing for other people. Life lived on what you're providing for other people. There's joy in that that cannot be taken away. You can't steal that kind of joy. Verse 27, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Verse 28. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed but that you are going to be saved even by God Himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for Him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. Above all, we've got to live as citizens of heaven, conducting life 
as a lifestyle. See, we conduct our life as a Christian lifestyle. You know, chapter 1 is so powerful. There's just so much we could talk about in here. Living your life as a citizen of heaven. You know, we got a lot of confusion about what it means to be a Christian today. There's a lot of confusion on the lifestyle that we're to live. And boy, you just see a lot of Christians not living a standard that the Bible calls us to live, and that's of great concern. Apostle Paul says, above all, live as citizens of heaven. As a citizen of heaven, you don't live as a citizen of this earth. Yeah, your friends may be going out and doing this. They may be going out and doing that. They may be watching this, entertaining themselves like this. That's not the lifestyle for a Christian. We are a citizen of heaven, and I want to live like that. You know, in the middle of this pandemic that we're in, we're in the middle of an uncertain time, a time we've been locked up, and what's going to happen? How fast will our economy recover? Will our businesses even come back? What percentages of the businesses will never be able to reopen? You know, we're, we're facing a lot of uncertainty in our in our future, and what's going to happen to me? You know, in the middle of this time that we are in, you got to keep your mind right. You have to control your thoughts, and you've got to keep your mind right. Choose to think. Choose to see the good things each day. We just read chapter 1 of Philippians. I want to encourage you, go back over and read chapter 1. Read it over and over and over again. Get this attitude, get this mind in you, and continue to remind yourself as Paul is writing these very words that he's writing in the midst of very uncertain times for himself. He's facing all kinds of uncertainty in his life, and he's even in prison locked up. But his focus and his mind is on Jesus. His focus is mind on what he's doing for other people. Come on, let's get our minds off of me, and let's get our minds on others. And wherever you are, whatever situation you're in today, purpose in your heart, you live in joy. I'm looking forward to next week. I'll see you right here around this table for chapter 2. Have a great week. May God bless you and you purpose in your heart to live in joy. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com. 